Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to We Are Live. My family and friends have abandoned me. Finally, they came to the conclusion that I am no longer needed. And so today's program will be brought to you by myself and myself alone. Nah, I'm just kidding. My compadre, cohort, and friend of many decades, Chris Stemmen, is out under the weather. A.K.A. got a little bit of champagne drunk last night. Mm. But of course, this program is brought to you by the lovely silver fox of a woman mm. with a donk, donk, eyes like what, what. Mm. Chris Gardner, hello. Well, hello, I guess. Uh, hi. Good morning, gentleman. <laughs> Chris was here. Chris was here. We sent him home. We sent him home. We have a very big weekend, uh, a weekend that apparently in St. Louis is now shaping up to be a massive weekend, and we need him as healthy as possible, and he was going to be a trooper and bear and bear down, excuse me, Chris, but he was going to certainly uh, try Expensive. to get through today's show, but we said, no way, Jose, because mm -hmm. that's its middle name. Who's it? it? It's Chris Simmons. It's Chris, Chris Simmons' middle name is Chris that's Jose. It's middle that's name. It's middle name. Well, he looked like. You didn't even refer to him as a person. Did you see his face? Yes. I don't know who that was. He looked rough. <laughs> it was like, man, you're really taking this Walking Dead thing to a, yeah. to a new level. Well, yeah, we sent Chris home. We wanted yeah, him to get of well. Us, some of us are gritty, gutty white guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> have scooter accidents has he disappointed oh wait a minute time out first still of all coming to work let me let me let's let's clear this air there's right no now. no scooter accident hawk <laughs> for this one gritty gutty white guy some say he'll never scoot again you guys take this but serious he's looking man. to prove him wrong you know how black guys take wearing shorts under their jeans seriously oh yeah I've white guys take pushing through no matter what seriously because Demon came in, the guy could barely walk, barely see, could barely breathe, and he was going to force himself yeah. to work today. We said, no, sir. And Chris Gardner, who... We had to take him out of the lineup. We had to take him we out of the lineup. force him out of the lineup. That's something we don't like to normally do. Mm -mm. But we had to make the decision for the player. And here's a decision I'm going to start to make for you, sir. Because you are just as stubborn. You are trying to be the gritty, grinded-out white guy. <sighs> and I have to say, you're pushing it yourself. Chris Gardner came in today apparently frustrated after four days of a brace, five uh -huh. days of a brace, uh -huh. decided to take it off, burn it in the fire. I didn't burn it. It's sitting on a chair in there. I threw a tantrum this morning. You did throw a tantrum Nobody was here, morning. and I, I ripped it off <laughs> just because my knee's been feeling weak, and I'm like, if I'm going to scoot, I need to strengthen this thing. Who would have thought a knee would be weak after a a torn MCL. Well, it's not torn. It's just a small tear. Small tear. Oh, who, who, still... I, I can't imagine that you would lose strength in that knee because of a small tear of a ligament. So I got frustrated and threw a tantrum. <laughs> and so Michael Caine is imperative right now. It because... is unbelievable. I don't understand you two. Get better. It's probably our fathers. Our fathers have probably instilled this. I, I, I can see that. I can absolutely say it. Chris grew up on a farm. And My dad was a roofer for most of his life. Ah, oh, that makes sense. And and I'm not look. Uh, Travis has taken his fair share of days off, so I'm not one to talk. So I completely understand. 
But my God, man, I just want you guys to get better. That's all. We're I struggling right now. I know, and we're about to head into the winter months. It's that, we're not heading into the, ooh, the sun's going to give you my vitamin D, and I'm going to be good to go. We're heading into, you need to be healthy for these winters here in St. Louis. I think I'm going to go to South America for some stem cell treatment. <laughs> Try to regenerate that. Bartolo Colon, I believe, went to Europe or something like that. Uh, you can always do the A-Rod treatment. And look how long he went. Yes. For a very long time. Is he still? I can't even remember. Is he still going? He might be. You got to call up Adam Vinatieri, ask what his secret is. Yeah. I'm not asking Brady. No. Kind of that creeps me out. Yeah, something, something. We're going to find out in five years what the mm. deal was with that. Seen who he associates yeah. with. And but it is the spot. Making out with his kid. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. There are a lot of questions that we're going to get answers for in 10 years. That's one thing I will say I, I do love about where society is now is that we had big questions about certain people and situations from like the 90s and early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And then we ultimately find out answers like later on in life. Like we eventually get to it. Like even with Deep Throat, like it was forever. But we eventually found out who the hell Deep Throat was. Who was Deep Throat? Mark Felt. Yeah. Good job. And so, yeah, so I feel like that's the same. We're going to find out even with the Ukraine situation. And I think ultimately, if we just all just hang on for the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to get the answers to some of the greatest mysteries in the history of our society. So we got to grind it out. Got to grind it out. Gritty, gutty, grindy, white guys. Speaking of. And black guys. Yeah, well, speaking of those gritty, gutty, grindy, white mm -hmm. guys and black guys, how about your saint? Louis Cardinals, as the Redbirds of St. Louis will be moving on to the National League Championship Series with a stunning 10-run first inning against the Atlanta Braves in the decisive Game 5 of the NLDS. And oh my God, you want to talk about shocking. A game that, a series that had been very well played, very close games, dramatic games, was over with 26 minutes into the first inning. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals put up 10 runs before the Braves can even bat. Matt Carpenter, who was brought into the game in the starting lineup for offensive purposes, was taken out by the bottom of the first for defensive purposes because the Redbirds were up 10-0. They would tack on three more. Josh Donaldson would add a home run to make it look not completely, completely embarrassing for the Braves. But the Redbirds just rout the Braves in game five, 13-1. Jack Flaherty, six innings, AKs. <laughs> I did have time this morning, but I was going to make a graphic with uh, Jack Flaherty for you. Where it was going to say, kiss my mega ass, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I might have time for that one still uh, if this uh, postseason goes uh, his of way. Of course, my favorite African-American pitcher, Jack Flaherty. No, nope, Cocktoberfest. Nope, nope. Damn it. It's cocktail. By the way, good morning, Walnuts. Good I'm morning, sorry. my nuts. Yeah, sorry. Without Chris being here, we're already off track. Give, throw it up, baby. Throw it up. There you go. There you go. Happy 10th day of Cocktoberfest. No, Jack Flaherty most certainly is white during yeah, Cocktoberfest. That was a lot, of, a lot of fun. And you made a bet. I did. And so the, the Cardinals are eight wins away, and a one Jack Flaherty went away from Travis Terrell wearing a MAGA hat mm -hmm. for two hours on this program. Ooh. Eight wins and one Jack Flaherty W. You might want to stay on your Twitter furlough for a while. Oh, my God. That happens. Because I will definitely post that and hashtag it Black Twitter. Jesus, that's going to hurt. And that? That's going to hurt. Or we can negotiate some. 
this thing has this this whole entire the last 24 hours everything has been turned on its head uh because it felt like um again when game five started i think we even said so when i when we were heading to rosie's that uh the cardinals are going to do what they always do they're gonna this is going to go all the way down to the the final innings well i saw brian hoffman a uh, local radio producer here in town mm-hmm. tweet out that win or lose somehow, some way this series will end with Carlos Martinez on the mound. And mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, that that'd be, you could see that happening. Absolutely. Uh, the way the series was no, shaping up. No, it didn't. It did not happen like <laughs> that at all. And you and I were like, yeah. And I even, I think I sent a text to my sister and I was just saying, well, um, I know what the Cardinals going to do. I'm just going to buckle down. It's going to be the most stressful three and a half hours of the year for me uh, because they have an opportunity to go to the NLCS. And I'll be honest, I didn't predict that they were going to make it to the NLCS at the beginning of April. And no, so I was not. like, okay, well, let's just see how this bad boy works. But in the course of my negative Nancy head, I'm thinking this is going to go a full nine. And essentially what happened was from the time I dropped you off at Rosie's to circle back to come to the office, mm-hmm. the Cardinals had already put four runs on the board. Yeah. And so about time I got back upstairs to the office, uh, Folknevich was already pulled. So I got up here in time to catch, uh, I believe it was Freed, yeah. Max Freed of the Atlanta Braves, walked Jack Flaherty, yeah. and then the floodgates completely opened up. Cardinals would tack on five more, and that 10th run, I think, illustrated to me that, oh, yeah, this, this, this is it. That's it. Because the 10th run was a strikeout on Marcelo Zuna. The ball squibs all the way to the backstop, and Marcelo Zuna actually begins to walk towards the dugout mm-hmm. to get set to go play the bottom of the first. And I believe it was, I don't know if it was Yachty or someone in the on-deck circle was like, dude, turn around and run the first. Brian McCann, God rest his soul, Goes to God grab the ball from soul. the backstop because he's, he's now gone. Well, he's alive. Oh, he's still here. I just, I just figured with he retired. Yeah, but he's but that not, doesn't that mean, mean he's, he's not. not can't rest his soul. Him. Doesn't know. Okay, he I didn't take him out back of the ballpark and kill him. I don't know how retirement works in the professional baseball leagues. I don't know. Oh, God, Travis. And he slips and falls. He throws the ball away. The Cardinals get a tenth run off a strikeout. And you just knew it was going to be that kind of day for the Redbirds. Again, they go on to win 13-1. Game one will now be Friday in St. Louis Mm -hmm. because last night the Los Angeles Dodgers blew a 3-1 lead, brought out Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, a guy, though, who has always struggled in October, especially in the playoffs, gives up two bombs to the Nats, and then Howie Kendrick in extra innings. Hits a massive grand slam against who? Farmer Cardinal Joe Kelly, who has been lights out this season. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the second half of the season for the Dodgers. Nationals win 7-3. They're literally on a plane right now heading to St. Louis tomorrow night in the city of St. Louis, now known as the City of Champions, a.k.a. NHL Stanley Cup Champions, a.k.a. STD Champions. Now we will play for the World Series starting Friday night here in the Lou. Play to go to the World Series. Yeah, to the World Series. Not the Uh, World Series. That's the next round. Okay, yeah, okay. When you would play an American League team. Yeah, well, sure, whatever. However that works. You're close. I still think we're Scarf City more than anything. Okay, if you say so. A lot of... On the sports scene right now, it's been kind of nice. It is. So. It has been a fine distraction, especially knowing that 
40 degree days are literally around the corner here in the Midwest. But I, I don't know. We were kind of talking about this off the air. And we try not to go too sports-centric. But the last 24 hours here in the city of St. Louis have just absolutely captivated everyone. Because what we saw yesterday was historic. No team in the history of Major League Baseball playoffs had ever scored 10 runs in the first inning. Mm-hmm. And the Redbirds almost set a franchise record for most runs in a postseason game. Um, and almost in postseason history at that point. There were two runs away from tying the Atlanta Braves back in 96 when they beat the Cardinals and Donovan Osborne Donovan in Game Osborne. 7 in 1996, 15 to 0. Ozzie Smith, way. last game ever as a Cardinal. You don't think I remember that? Oh, I remember. Yeah, My I friends know. were like, man, you really had to go all the way back to 96 to be mad at the Braves? You don't understand. You want to break my heart? 12-year-old Travis loved everything about that Cardinal team, especially since it was Ozzie Smith's last season mm-hmm. opportunity to go to the World Series to take on the New York Yankees, and they get blown out 15-0 to after blowing a 3-1 series lead? Hell yeah, I remember 1996. Whew, but those demons have been exercised mm-hmm. How do you thanks to my African-American friend, Jack Flaherty. No, huh? it's mm-hmm. Cocktoberfest. Uh, my white Don't try. Jack, friend, Jack Flaherty. And I will not spell that word for you. Okay. You know better than that. I want you to, once again, um, apologize to this gentleman. I can't believe it's happening. By the way, can I get a John Mosaic mascot? I got black arms! Now it looks like you're just doing weird things behind him. <laughs> oh, that does. That's true. That is very true. I apologize to Mo. I apologize to mm-hmm. the things I've said about you and your organization over the last two years, three years. Four years. Four years, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, I am sorry. I am on the verge of eating a buffet of crow, not just one, but several crows, because... Golden Corral of... Of crows. Crows. Because I sat here, not in this chair, but literally to my left, and absolutely grilled this team for the good part of this year. I did so even all the way in New York. Yeah, whenever we talked about them, yeah. And... I did not think this team was going to be capable of getting to uh, the playoffs, let alone an LCS. Or having John Mosellock in charge of baseball operations. I really thought thought Magic could come in. Magic Johnson should be. But you know what? I also, while I apologize to John Mosellock, he should also be thanking me because I think I lit a fire in his ass. I think I lit a fire in the asses of this of this baseball team. Uh-huh. I lit a fire in the asses of all of St. Louis. I like to light asses with fire. Yeah. And I believe I did that. And I think the just the mere suggestion of bringing in an African-American man to take your job motivated the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, everybody gets all their ticker jobs, their ticker jobs. It should motivate your ass to do better. Hmm. And I did just that. You're welcome, John Mosellock. You're welcome, Bill DeWitt. You're welcome, St. Louis Cardinals. You're welcome to St. Louis City. I helped motivate you all to get to this point. Anything that I can do to inspire these young men, I'm willing to take credit for. Yeah, I kind of figured you would be. Mm-hmm. It's the last time you had your ass on fire. Man, I tell you what, every time I go to East St. Louis in one of those strip clubs, mm-hmm. something gets on fire. Not always my ass. It's generally my crotch. Yeah. Sometimes the top of my forehead, but I won't explain why that is. But that's yeah, a... that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Troubling as well. Yeah. 
Have you? Maybe you and Chris should go see a doctor together. That may have to happen. Maybe we should just have an in-house doctor. Everybody that here is just great. getting their ass kicked. We that would be really good. It's a good <laughs> I idea. I had an ankle injury a few weeks ago. You screwed up your MCL. Chris has Ebola. We, mm-hmm. we probably need an in-house doctor. Trying to think, what is it? Entertainment Seven Twenty? Did they have an in-house doctor? <laughs> I don't think they had an in-house doctor. They should have. They had a receptionist that they paid, I think, eighty thousand dollars a year <laughs> to do her nails at yeah, the desk. That's right. And then Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> and Detlef Shrimp just standing around shooting fifteen-foot <laughs> jump shots. <laughs> We're almost there at the studio. We get but, in there. But that wasn't even the bigger story. Like again, these last well, twenty-four hours have been just. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there's, it's the big story. It's the big but story, but the one people there's one people want to talk about. Well, let's get to it. Well, after the celebration, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals are very excited, and Mike Schilt, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, wanted to talk to his players. Well, of course, the rights holders and the owners and. The outside administrative staff, including the media, were outside the locker room as Mike Schilt wanted to take the time to talk to his players. Unbeknownst to Mike Schilt and the rest of the players in there, there was a rookie who decided to turn on his IG and record the entire thing. What I love about this series is we played the game wrong, we played the game right. We started some shit. We finish this shit. Yeah. Let's go. And that's how we roll. We don't start, but no one fucks with us ever. Ever. All right? Now, I don't give a fuck who we play. We're going to fuck them up. We're going to take it right to them the whole fucking way. We're going to kick their fucking ass. Yeah. Let's go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, that got, that you texted this morning and said that got you a... Uh... I got you a little jazz. Look, I love it. And one of the big reasons why I love it, one thing I did, I've done on this show, and of course when we were on the radio side, I said consistently that this St. Louis Cardinal organization is the Ned Flanders of professional sports organizations. Mm -hmm. They're very, how do you do, and buttoned up. They're very, thank you, Jesus. They're very, "Hmm, put a coaster on that. They're very, they're a, Pretty conservative organization, yeah. to say the least. At least from the, at least that's the image they wish to project of being a very conservative, laid back, quiet. We do things a certain way around well, here. Organization. Well, they, there was a little bit of that even in that speech when Schilt said we did things the right way. Like he says that before he starts cursing. Uh, so I mean, there's still some of that in there. Uh, it's just you know. Randy Arizarina was airing the other portions that we normally don't see. Now, for you, for those who may not be familiar with Randy Arizarina, am I saying that right? You, you do whatever you want to oh, do. Thank you, Randy A. There you go. He is a rookie for the St. Louis Cardinals, and so this is his very first postseason experience. And he got caught up in the moment, and he mm-hmm. did something that's not necessarily even an unwritten rule. It's kind of understood when you're with the boys. You just, oh, even with the girls, doesn't matter. Yeah, you, you know when you. When you, when you have your moments, you just don't want to turn the camera on. And again, he got caught up in the moment, a very excited rookie, and he turned the camera on. And so he did something you're not supposed to do for several reasons why you don't turn the camera on in the locker room. One, the things you're going to hear. But two, a lot of times those guys are also not fully clothed. So that's another strong reason as to why you probably shouldn't also turn the camera on while you're in a side of locker room. But in this instance, I think 
it finally shed that Ned Flanders persona that the Cardinals have carried, at least in my eyes, for the last handful of years. And I love it because during the broadcast, TBS was highlighting how very laid back and chill Mike Schilt is. And he is. And he should be. When you're a manager, especially in baseball, there really aren't a ton of moments where you're needing to be, you know, to go full Bob Knight. You don't need to be Pat Riley. You don't need to be that gung-ho guy with the faces and the fist pumping because it's baseball and there's a lot of things that can happen, as we saw yesterday. So I get the idea that he's projecting being laid back. At the same time, you have to find ways to fire your guys up. And I would imagine every manager in baseball and any other sport have done something to this extent before. However, it's just never really been recorded. And so I didn't have a problem with it. I loved it. I think the fan base, for the most part, will love it. I know there are going to be the Dorothy Lights and the folks who live in Festus who are 70-plus years old are going to have a problem with the language. At the end of the day, it was a private moment. So he's going to apologize for it, which I I wish he wouldn't because he didn't know this was going to happen. But I loved it. I thought it was an awesome, honest moment, and I had no problem with it whatsoever. No, I mean, you're naive to think that that doesn't happen, I guess. So I think people that would have an issue with it are the people that, you know, they're they're the knitters. Right. They're the cookie bakers. Right. They're the ones, they're the Dorothy Lights who write into the sound off column at your local newspaper. Right. Um, they're the ones that you don't see it publicly. So there's blissful ignorance in a way. And they get to project uh, a public persona that, you know, you don't, you don't, you, everyone, you, everyone knows in sports you're not going to have the same conversations in public you might have in private. Right. Some will, which is why we're fascinated by those personalities. Absolutely. Because there is no lie. Right. And we enjoy that because it, overall it is entertainment. I mean, look, these results really don't matter. Uh, <laughs> nothing matters. Um, so I think that's why when you see that, you see the realness, the rawness, that's intriguing to people. Um, and then some people have their ignorance taken away and they don't like that necessarily (laughs) and here's the thing i really and i know how this is going to play out because we have worked in media long enough especially here in this town and we are very familiar with how the st louis cardinals operate as an organization so mike schilp when they have the media availability sometime later this morning when the players come back from atlanta he's going to probably issue some sort of apology and i wish he wouldn't but i think that's probably what's going to happen but I hope, he, I hope he steps into it. Not to say that, yes, cussing is the way to go when you're trying to motivate your players, but essentially say, ah, Randy made a mistake. It was a rookie. We talked to him. Everything's all good. I just think the Cardinals also have an opportunity to put this to bed by making a little bit of light of it, having some fun with it, and mm-hmm. getting set for the NLCS tomorrow night in St. Louis. I, I, don't, I hope... Bill DeWitt doesn't have to come out. I hope Gersh and Mo doesn't have to come out. I hope Randy doesn't have to stand in front of the press. I hope we just, I hope Schilt just says, hey, yeah. you know what happens when champagne's popping. It is what it is. Uh, for those who heard my language, I hate that you heard that language come out of my mouth. But that's a private moment, you know? Mm-hmm. He didn't know the camera was on. And in private moments, I think people, as short of him saying some like egregious sexist or racial slurs, 
Like, he's, he deserves that moment with his team, and it's not fair to judge him on a moment he thought was private. Yeah, there's no hate speech or anything. Right, like it wasn't anything hateful. Violating, I mean, that's why we have privacy law discussions yes. going on currently as we're trying to catch up with what technology allows. Right. Because we are playing catch-up. And, and we all have we've MF. seen stuff in this state involving state executives about privacy issues and such. We're playing catch-up. We are. And uh, he thought he was in one of those moments that wouldn't be public. So it's, I mean, but even then, like, it's just, like, there's no reason to apologize right. for, I mean. That's, A private moment. That's not sexist, misogynistic. It wasn't misogynistic, racist, racist bigoted. It no, wasn't anything to that nature. It's just, col- that's, that's when you can say colorful language. Right. That is an appropriate description right. at that point. Absolutely. So it just doesn't matter. And I, I and again, I hope I don't think it will. I think, and even like I heard this morning uh, on other radio shows about how maybe the Braves may feel about it, or even the Cardinals' next opponent. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody in D.C. will be offended by it because at the time he said it, he had no clue who the Cardinals were going to play. He literally said yeah, so. I mean, so I don't think that should be bulletin board material because. Yeah, I would imagine Dave Martinez said something along those lines to his players after yeah. they won last well, night. Well, the thing is this, is you know your players, you know your individuals, the manager will, better than others. Yes. So it doesn't matter if it should or shouldn't be bulletin board material. If you think you could take advantage of it, take advantage of it. Do it. If you think it will motivate, then use it. I, for one, personally, am not ever motivated by anything a coach of any sport really says, because I just think it's it's bullshit. Like, if I was in the clubhouse for that with Mike Schild, I'd just smile and walk away. Like, okay, you got to yell and curse and feel good for a while. But it would do nothing to motivate me. And I think it was um, just, it was a moment but where... If, if you can use it, that's a coach's job, is to find things to motivate, put their players in positions to win. If you can do that, even if people think it's something dumb, right. oh, why you don't need this bolt? Even if you, th- it doesn't matter. A creative person will find a way, maybe, to use that as a motivator. It could right. be something dumb. That's their job. Right. So it, do- it it's it really is. What do you think it the the manager will decide? What do you, does he think it will motivate his team? If so, then use it. And I, th- and I think Larissa was brilliant at that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why he was so successful for so long. And why he, he could is, find course, a small thing manager. and we would say like, oh, uh, and he would turn it. Oh, chip on her shoulder. Just like, like it would be a small comment or something. Right. And he would turn it around and yeah. Oh, they're talking down to us. It, it would just, he was good at that. Taking a small thing and finding a way to use it to motivate your team. It might be stupid, but if it works, it works. It just won't work on me. Is what I would say. And I think Mike Schilt is smart enough to know that if there was a room full of, say, Chris Gardner's, he would have taken maybe a different approach. But he knows or how like to fight. The conversation would be different for me. It might be more personal. Very much so. That's another. That's another. And job. look, this guy isn't. This isn't a guy that the Cardinals just picked up off the street. This guy has been in clubhouses before. He's won before, even if it is on At a different, different levels, level. Yeah. But the guy understands the game. He understands these players. He essentially groomed a lot of these players when he was down in the minors. So he knows what it takes to talk to these guys. And again, even if I'm Atlanta. 
I wouldn't even take great offense to this because I would imagine Atlanta said something similar along those lines. F Yachty Molina. You don't think they were saying F Yachty, F Carlos Martinez, F the Cardinals in their Cardinal way? You don't think teams have said that to their players to get them motivated? So I, I don't have a problem with the language. I don't have the problem with the bulletin board material. I don't have a problem with playing the us against the world. Whatever you got to do at this point to get your team across that finish line, so be it. And I think... Especially like if, for those who are outside the culture. I, I think if you have never played the game, especially at this level, I think you've got to also look through that prism as well. Because, again, these guys are wired differently. And just yeah. from what I heard, look, if this was maybe high school sports, maybe I would take some issue with the language. But these are professional grown But even men. then, it wasn't talking down to right. your players right. or right. anything. It wasn't cursing out a player. That's right. when it becomes an issue, it seems. It was, I mean, it was a positive speech in a way. It for, was. For his players. For his players. Yeah. So, I mean, even then it's different because it's not chastising an individual. It's not, you know, embarrassing someone for, you know, to try and make a point. Right. Even though maybe you'd be a better coach if you didn't do that. Um, right. It was, it had a completely different light. Um and whatever motivates motivates is how I would say it's sports. Even if it's or there's to me maybe even bigger things or some some things people think are silly. Like after what's transpired or what had transpired in the recent days with Ryan Helsley, the Cardinals reliever, and which has just fallen to the wayside. That entire story, to right? The tomahawk chop and right. stuff like that, and his comments about it. I mean, if the the Braves yesterday did. They didn't hand out foam tomahawks, but they did do their chop here and there, play the music. They said they weren't going to play it when Helsley came out. But if they, they wouldn't have done any of that, do you think that would have motivated Helsley this this go-round if he ended right. up out there? And and after ever, the comments that have been thrown around, still thrown around, people doing the whole bullshit of, uh, oh, we're too soft today as a society. Grow up. Everything's not offensive. Uh, I mean, just absolute horseshit of takes. Course. Right. By the usual suspects. Usual suspects, it's right? It's just uh, fucking laughable. Yeah, of course it is. And it it has it lacks any thought. It's lazy, and get fucked. Right. <laughs> Period. It's that simple Period. for me. I mean, yeah, you you provided nothing but. Hi, white man over here. Yeah. I've never had a extensive <laughs> yeah. documented history of racism and Let me show you bigotry. how ignorant I am, how not worldly I am, how receptive I am to listening to others with a perspective. Right. Uh, let me go back to my siding right. in my suburban house right. and try to isolate myself more from the world. Exactly. That That's what it is. Right. And uh, so I laughed at it. I did make a comment on one person last night on Twitter. It Damn was, it. I miss it. It was your boy, Clay. Uh, oh, he commented on it? No, he, did, he mentioned oh. it. He mentioned, he commented. He didn't comment on mine. But did but he comment I, on the, yeah, the Ryan he Helsley? Said, oh, Cardinals player says something and then oh, the week or whatever. And I just kind of quote tweeted it and said, um, sometimes uh, uh, traditions are fucking stupid. However, sometimes the defense of those traditions is even more fucking stupid. Hashtag chop blocked is what I did. Nice. And so I just went with that. Um, so can we say that you and Mike Schilt weren't very Cocktobery? 
Because what you guys, what we saw uh, from your interactions on Twitter and Mike Schultz said, it felt very non-white. Is it the opposite of a Cocktober Day, Cocktoberfest miracles? Because those are very, um, shall I say, urban responses. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what that means? It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to pray. Fuck. Yep. You know what time it is. That's good. All right. right. Let's do this Here we to go. the Cocktoberfest mm. gods. Mm-hmm. You screwed up. In the name of Wes Anderson, appropriation and white flight. Destin, Florida. There we go. I repent. There you go. Thank you, white Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we had Carly in and Dr. Ed, we didn't want to immerse themselves in the the October festery mm-hmm. because we weren't sure if they were ready. But we're back at it today, boys and girls. With another celebration here doing Cocktoberfest. For those who are not familiar with our program, we like to celebrate the amazing accomplishments and moments of white culture. Now, it's one thing we've learned from this show is that we talk a lot about black things. And this naturally offended Gartner and Denman. They said, Enough! We were sick and tired. You guys got 28 days. Shut up with your Wakanda forever. Hush up about OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. So you guys were tired. He's not of, even black. No, he said not, so himself. He said he's OJ. But this show is so much, it's always filled with so much black excellence. It was just like too much for Gartner and Chris. So they, That's of course, chose one of the longest months of the year mm-hmm. to celebrate white culture. Hence, Cocktoberfest. It just fit with the word, with the play on word. That's I all. Did. It I just kind of happened to be 31 days. It 31 days. And when the weather just makes the entire month. If if, for those who are keeping score at home, it is October 2nd. We're three weeks until October, and it's October 2nd. Long-ass month. All right. So what are we celebrating well, today? I mean, it all started because you tried to extend Black History Month by two weeks into March. We had a great run that year. 2018. Blackerary, as you're calling it now, yeah. uh, was a great, great month for us. We were hitting on all cylinders. Like, we were blacking it up, and Black Panther carried the day. And I was like, you know what, baby? This party is so good. Let's keep it going. And we extended it another two and a half weeks yeah. into March. Now, this and past boy, one wasn't oh boy. so good, was it? <laughs> uh, wasn't there some no, issues with this yeah, past one? Yeah, that was, that was a lot of blowback. I can't specifically remember what happened. I thought there were like three, <laughs> like at least three things that happened. Yeah, I think like, like five oh. black celebrities got arrested. I think that's when the R. Kelly documentary oh. came out. It was not a good month this year. Blackuary 2019 was not good. Maybe that was karma for trying to extend it the previous year. And that's what I fear. I think what I said was we got too excited. Yeah. We, were, we were feeling ourselves a little you bit were, too much. You were Randy A. Yes, I was Randy A. I had the IG on in the black people Let's locker show room. everyone. And showing everybody too much too soon. So in response, Cocktoberfest, we do what we can to celebrate all that is great in white culture. And of course, we kick it off with your playlist. Yes, we have uh, two songs we're adding to the Cocktober playlist, Cocktoberfest playlist. Uh, on a daily basis right now. What are some of the songs that we have hit up I know here? the other day we had a little U2 and some Beautiful Day. Yeah, we did. Um, I know we've had the uh, the non-blondes. Four non-blondes. Yeah, What's there we up? go. We've had 
ABBA, Dancing Queen. Which is good. Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. Which is of course. Jack Johnson, Flake. That was good. I know, you know. Dave Matthews Band, Crash. Crash. Jack Brown Band, Chicken Fried. Imagine Dragons, Thunder. The Thunder and the Thunder. And these are white songs. Like, these are songs you're not catching most anyone outside of white people singing. Like, I don't even think you're going to find, like, because Indians and Asians love white culture as as well. I don't even think you're going to catch them singing those songs. Um, Tool Schism, uh, When I Get Around by uh, Green Day, uh, uh, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Very, very, very well. And this playlist is going to be outstanding. We're going to probably... We'll put it uh, out at the we'll end of the month. We'll put it out at the end of the month. We'll yeah. have something on the good old Spotify for the kids to download and yeah. listen themselves. So who are we adding to the playlist today? Well, the first one we're going to add is by an artist... That was probably playing in the background when I was made. Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. I I think this is probably the whoop there it is of white culture. Hands. Right. Touching hands. Yeah, man. All you got to do. I mean, this is played at, in Boston this at Red Sox games. Red we Sox. know how that city is. Yeah, boy. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's got Neil Diamond, who is, by the way, one of the greatest songwriters no doubt. of his time. No doubt. It's not only songs he's made popular. And songs for other But, uh, yeah. Um, I'm a Believer. He wrote that. He wrote Red, Red Wine. Uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Like, even songs that aren't, he didn't make popular, others made popular, but he wrote all these. Brilliant. brilliant Sweet Caroline's not even close to his top five, a top five song of his No, it's life. not. And it's only kind of been made, it's kind of been popularized since uh, Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore and, of course, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been the sing-along one for a while. It's got that. But now everyone it. does it. Now other stadiums do it. I think I saw it. Over the last Saturday, uh, being played at college stadiums and during people's homecomings, and I think yeah, it was the Florida game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida was uh, playing, and they had it playing in the stadium, and in between snaps, the entire stadium of eighty, ninety thousand fans would sing along to it. It is absolutely white America's whoop. There it is. Yeah, they like it's a it's a it's a sing along. It's a, which absolutely is the thing. a sing along song. And I think that's the wasn't it the Padres. When the Red Sox were in town, they played it for the Red Sox fans that were in attendance, yes. and then they rickrolled them. Yes. I think that's. I think that's it was you, San Diego. Yes, it was. Okay. So that's your first song that's, that's a good song. been added today. To I the, would even have to acknowledge the brothers and the sisters. Enjoy some Sweet Carolina. Oh, we're yanking it then, uh, and we'll sh- add another one. Shoot. But we do have another one for today. Okay. Maybe the brothers and sisters might like this one. Okay. Uh-oh. A little bit of a twist here. Cruise remix featuring Nelly by Florida Georgia Line. We got Nelly in there. Hey, Nelly. Nelly, I read an article from a couple months ago that Nelly said that Florida Georgia Line was going to be producing his next album. So I don't know what's going on there. I have no idea. But there's some weird stuff going on with Nels these days. And, uh. 
Him in Florida, Georgia, you got to think, you got to know he's going to show up at Bush Stadium next year when Florida, Georgia line is there with Kenny Chesney on that chillaxification tour, the official tour, music tour of Cocktoberfest. Uh, But we're adding Cruz. For copyright reasons, obviously we cannot play the track or the video for you right now on the show, but I highly advise. And Cruz. I, I... I advise, if you have not seen this video, to go watch it. And if you do not vomit or stab yourself in the thigh 30 seconds into it, then you, sir, you, ma'am, are a fan of Florida Georgia Line and Nelly and this song. It is the most excruciating song ever. It is. It pains my sultry soul to even lay eyes on that music video mm-hmm. i cannot believe they found a way to call that music well it is and it's now featured on our Cocktoberfest playlist this is a good playlist i can't lie it's going pretty well so far i'm very uh, happy with this it. is this is a solid playlist so far shout out to Cruz and is it florida georgia line florida georgia line and nelly yep look nelly get your checks you know I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. St. Louis still loves you. But if you have time to still make music, come on back to rap, baby. You can you can still make that. It is, the singing rapping still is a thing in 2019. So come on back to us, baby. Just We just want one more. Give us one more rap album. Give us a fair. If it's a fair way, if, you, if you're dumb with rap, I get it. Hey, if you're saying the next chapter of your life is country music or whatever that is called these days, then do that. I say go for it. I love artists who are willing to jump outside their box to create a new chapter in their own careers. Can you at least, though, for your roots, for the St. Louisans that have supported you through everything, can you make one more rap album? Just one more. And if you're going to do a collaboration, can we at least get Michael McDonald involved? Got to. If you're going to do those, see, now that's what I'm talking about, baby. If we're going to do those kind of collabs, let's go ahead and get the Michael McDonald. And you know who can, Nelly can make that happen. He can make the Michael McDonald T-Pain thing finally happen. That can be the, the album, the song, the track we've all been waiting for. So I just want Nelly to know that there are people out here that want, want you to continue to do your thing. We ain't hating. If you want the Florida Georgia line and the country music circuit is your thing, go do it. But for us, for those who have been with you since 98, 99, from the early days down in U-City when the Can ambassador you? wasn't even, Ooh. barely had a parking lot. Like, we want you to just make one more classic Nelly album. And then you can be done with us. You can go off to Nashville and have that career. Was this monastery time, too? This was, absolutely. And I know there are a lot of artists here, even locally. The rap scene has absolutely changed and grown because of his contributions to the culture. So I would love for him to even showcase them on his album. I just can think you, Nelly, before it gets too late, let's let's yeah. get one more classic album out of you. Can you imagine a collaboration where he samples a Michael McDonald song? Ooh. What this town would do. Ooh. Come on, man. Just come on, Nelly. One just more. Just let that marinate for a second. One more, baby. Think of we that. can do this. Just sit there and think of it one more time. Nelly samples a Michael McDonald song. Oh, sugar Michael. for car rolls, American toes. Can you ma- and Michael McDonald sings a verse on it. Yes, yes. Look, we look. Hip hop artists and hip hop artists are currently doing this. 
uh, Thundercat, actually on his last album, had the great Kenny Loggins on his track. Really? It can be done, and it's a awesome. It's one of the best songs. I will play this for you after the show. I'm all right. Look at this. Bring them back, baby. Come on. Come on, Nell. You can do it, man. We should have just taken the time today, and if we would have been prepared, had a whole Modest Mouth concert for today. Oh, we could have done that. Chris isn't here to shut us down and throw things at our faces. We could have done an entire concert. Just done it. He could have done nothing. He would have. He'd be powerless. See, you take that down, YouTube. See, you take that down, Facebook. Yeah. Damn it. Oh well. There's always next time. There is always next time. Um, before we move on to our pop culture, mm. maybe we should um, mention that we're going to be having Happiest Hour tomorrow night. We will be having Happiest Hour at Sophie's Boys and Girls. Make sure you stop by tonight. Oh, it is. Uh, I forgot what day it was. Gosh, I'm telling you. I was like, wait, tomorrow night? I said yeah, that yesterday. Yeah, I was yesterday. completely wrong. Yeah, I'm absolutely out of the... Look, hey, come by tonight. That's right. Happiest hour. Brought to uh, brought to you by the great Jack Daniels. Uh-huh. Brought to you by the lovely folks at Schlafly. Bring your butts on by the Dot Zach building today, boys and girls. I think it's uh, Matt Wayman, is he? Matt Wayman is headlining. We're going to have a few other acts joining Matt Wayman as well. Uh, of course, you can see maybe Chris's lovely face, if he's better, perhaps later this afternoon. Happiest hours, thanks to our friends at Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey each Thursday, of course. This Thursday at Sophie's Artist Cocktail Lounge, Jack Daniels and Schlafly Specials start at 4, comedy around 6, this week, we'll have four great comedians, all for free, headlined by the great Matt Wayman. And I mean that. I, I know it's very easy during these live reads to keep throwing out the words super and great. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't seen Matt Wayman perform, then you're crazy because uh, he's incredibly funny, very witty guy, and a person who I have, of course, on my long list of people who will come out of St. Louis stars. So make sure you check him out for free tonight, happiest hour each week in Grand Center. For those who are not familiar with where the Dot Zach building is, Address is 3224 Locust Street on the second floor. Join us for laughs, drink specials, and more. If you're taking the bus, I recommend the 10 bus. Mm. It'll drop you right at Compton (laughs) and Olive. That's what I take in the morning. (laughs) So if that helps you out at all. Or if you're traveling more north to south, that Grand Line is probably, I don't know what that bus number is. I'm learning all this as we go. Uh, we'll have Sam Lyons in tomorrow. Yes, we will. We'll do some recasting call and uh, introduce him to Cocktoberfest, yes, which he's will. unaware of at this moment, I think. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking forward to his reaction to it. Uh, but he takes the bus. I'm gonna have to talk to him about some more bus stuff, just because I'm I've only I got the one line down. I know what time it picks me up, where it hits. And it's just one. You take you, and you just take one bus, right? Yeah. Wow. Nice. No transfers. No transfers. It's good it for goes, you. I get here in 10 minutes probably. Nice. So. Oh, that's really dope. Yeah. That's really good bad. time. That's like, not bad at all. It hits at like 2 after the hour and 32 after the hour at my pickup stop. And then when I leave from here, it's normally at 19 after the hour or 49 after the hour. Okay. That's not bad. So I've got that down at least. That's good. So I know where I, where I need to be to get that bus to go back. That's not bad at all. So that's. Very big step for me. Good for you. As I'm trying to learn this mass transit 
system. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, if and if you go to any other city in America, you'll really have a strong appreciation for the mass transit mm -hmm. system here in St. Louis. It's actually uh, it's one of the best. I know people will tell me about how parts of the metro are dangerous, and some have been, of course. There have been documented cases of that. But for the general most part, as far as no. if you're trying to get around the entire metro area of a city, St. Louis does as well of a the job train, as any. The train any. should go north and south more. Yes. It most certainly should. Absolutely. And they've been trying to cut some, and St. Louis County's been playing some games here lately. And I think we know why St. Louis County's been and, playing uh, some games, because of a certain individual who now be spending some some time in prison. Yeah, even uh, now, <clears throat> even now they're playing some games with some of the mass transit budget, and uh, and the, that needs to stop. And the pay of some of the we already have drivers. Issues. Yeah, it's yeah they need to figure that out. But and it's needed for employers for too. tons tons of employers. So let's knock that shit off. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree with you there, one thousand percent. You were getting to your uh your your pop culture. Pop culture is going to be sports related today. Oh, nice and. I guess kind of celebrating some more baseball. You oh, ready? This is the, okay, what do we have? There you go. If that ain't the whitest thing a white man has ever whited in his life. <laughs> the unwritten rules of baseball. That's the element of white culture. Don't run across my mound. Yes. What? We've seen that recently. Are you flipping a bat? Don't you flip it. No, no, don't bat flip. Are you happy after doing something great in the field? Yeah. Don't, don't do it. Don't, no. don't you smile. No. Are you not running fast enough around the bases after you hit a home run? Yeah. Are you giving up signals while you're standing on second base? Mm -hmm. It's a whole host. Either now I have to hit you. Now I have, I have to, hit to hit you. you with a baseball. What are there other? I'm missing some. I feel well. Like. The unwritten rules also lead to the discussion as it branches off of, you know, running out of ground or to first base, always hustling, using. You know, two hands. Those are more. So, uh, so, some of those are actually fundamental written rules. Yeah, it leads to fundamentals. Yeah. It leads to hustle talk. It leads to all of that. It leads to playing the game the, the right, right way. way. Which, by the way, and do then you find leads it to the cardinal handbook, where there where there is a cardinal handbook called the cardinal way. Um, so it leads to that discussion. Great, George Kessel. So those technically aren't unwritten rules then, because they're written down in a handbook for, right. for them. That's true. But then. You know, that's that's another discussion kind of that branches off. Do you think the culture, the do, do you find it fascinating the culture that developed the so-called unwritten rules are also the same people who say don't be a pussy and stop being a snowflake? Mm -hmm. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> it makes me smile. I just smile sometimes at idiocy. It's it's fascinating to me. I was like, the same people who, who get butt hurt if a player runs across a pitcher's mound uh -huh. on his way back to his own dugout will tell the rest of a generation of people, stop being a bitch. Yeah. Interesting. No, I mean, it's it's par for the course. It is days. par for the course. That's, yeah, that's a polite way to put it. You could probably it probably translates to other genres. Yes, if you will. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. Yes. Um, but uh, the unwritten rules of baseball. At one point, I have people that I have given the moniker of the keeper of the rules. Uh. Usually, it's a manager. At one point, it was Tony Larusa. Yes, he was. He then passed the mantle to Joe Madden. Oh boy! So it, in recent, probably this century, uh, in the two thousands, the two thousand tens, right? It has been Tony Larusa and Joe Madden who have teamed up to be the keepers of the rules. Yeah. Imagine, uh, 
the knight that protects the grail in the <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. That's what, who these two gentlemen have been. They're protecting the grail. Even if some of the things they say, when you think about it and sit back, it really doesn't make sense in the long term or for what you're actually looking to accomplish. And since they're unwritten rules, there's going to be blurred lines automatically built in with how they're designed. Yes. So there's really no rhyme or reason at times to why. Which it's is just, it's been done. It's tradition. It's tra This is what we've done. Maybe sometimes you adjust that and don't do the tomahawk chop. Maybe you can, you, maybe you can actually, you know, change things. Like Texas A&M used to do a bonfire. This big bonfire. Guess and what? then shit happened. Then shit happened. But we don't want to stop it. It's our trip. Well, you know what? People are going to die. So maybe we don't let people die. That, that's kind of a big thing. So sometimes traditions are fucking stupid. And not only and that. And you change them. And like I said before, the defense of traditions can be <laughs> even more fucking stupid. Exactly. So change them. But there's always a little feather that I love when the, you have these keepers of the rules because these two managers have managed perhaps two of the most flamboyant, over-the-top players in the history of the sport. And they're, they're From Ricky Henderson for Tony La Russa to Javi Baez of the Chicago Cubs. Well, look at Wilson Contreras. Look at, they had Junior, they, Joe Madden took Junior Lake to task for bat flip at, a, 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 you know, at one point. But then he's got Contreras and Baez that bat flip on pop-outs. And so, I mean, it's like there's the double. Okay, you know what really is an unwritten rule? The double standard. That's the unwritten rule. There it is. That's what it really Cause is. Because the guy who Cause basically. Because they're, they're, they're not written down, so we don't have. No one can really hold us to them. Right. Because they're unwritten. Right. So we can kind of manipulate it to fit our agenda. Like, I can appreciate that, and I understand that, <laughs> and I would probably it. do the what same thing. thing but you got to fucking admit it. you got to admit it. That's all that happens. I, I look, I am... And they're, they're per they were both personalities themselves. Oh, absolutely! But we play the game. Like, Joe Madden took it to the extreme to where Anthony Rizzo, who is a fantastic player, is respected by many, I think is dirty at times. He does so many good things off the field as Absolutely. well. But I can separate those two and say, look, the way he was going into catchers, even after rules were put in place to protect catchers, which were spearheaded in a way by Mike Matheny when he was Cardinal skipper, um, that even when they're told not to do that and they continue to do that and then try to make, well, you know, it, I mean, it was Trumpian in a way to try and manipulate <laughs> words the way they were. And then to be told, no, yeah, you're wrong. And then say, no, I think MLB isn't wrong. And like, no, MLB just told you, you are wrong on the rule. And to still push it back against it. That's a keeper of the rule. That's someone which I can appreciate in a, you know, an aversion to authority as well. That's a little hillbilly in each of them. Uh, you got to have that. Yes. It's be but then it also, to a point, becomes narcissistic, and it's about you, and I'm the only one who knows how the rules <laughs> should be interpreted. Nothing says These are written rules that are blurred. Nothing says Caucasian then saying, these rules don't apply to me. Yes. It's, it's manager <laughs> privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Cocktoberfest, uh, but there's another fest. I well, would love hold for you on real quick. Oh, okay. I wanted to show a video, just an example. Oh yeah, video. Okay. What do we Let's got? celebrate the unwritten rules of baseball with this. 
Nothing like a Latin player. Give me that sexy back row. Give me that sweet back row. Oh, yes. Here he is. Mmm. Latin player. Bat flip. Uh. Oh, yeah. Joey Bats, who uh, followed everyone. Literally everyone who followed me. Which, yeah. for the longest, I was so like, dude, 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 Joey Bats, fo hey, he's following 3.2 million people yeah. as well. Never mind. I don't know why that was, but it was, the, it was my small highlight of my uh -huh. Twitter time. Um, as I said before, look, loving Cocktoberfest. Absolutely am enjoying uh, what you have provided for us over the last 10 days. Mm -hmm. But I also want you folks to come out and enjoy Soulard's Oktoberfest. This weekend, Friday and Saturday, hosted by Chris Demon and Travis Terrell. Ter Ter wow, I don't even know how to say my name. Travis mm -hmm. Terrell. That would be me from We Are Live. It's free to get in and will be held in Soulard's Farmer Market Park. The Soulard Farmer's Market, founded in 1779, is the oldest continually run farmer's market in uh, west of the Mississippi and is the centerpiece of the Soulard neighborhood. The oldest surviving residential neighborhood in the city of St. Louis, Soulard is the perfect place to showcase the great diversity of culture, heritage, in our city. For VIP ticks, there are some still available, but they are going fast. Check out the Facebook Eventbrite or a search Eventbrite. They'll only they're only twenty bucks right now, so they are going fast, and you get everything within even a sweet mug. I think you see it there in the photo right below John Pertzborn. Uh, VIP tickets again, 20 bucks. It's going to be entertainment. There it is. You get one of those sweet bad boys, and you can drink to your heart's desire, responsibly, of course. Uh, $20 on Facebook, entertainment, live music, drink specials, and more this weekend at Soulard Oktoberfest. The weather is going to drop, boys and girls. We are getting word that, uh, I think, Friday evening, we're looking at around 45, 46. You said that funny. 45, 46. No, you said... You didn't say the temperature was going to drop. You said the weather was going to drop. The weather going to drop. So it sounded like, you know, like an album was coming out uh, or the something. The weather. They're dropping an album <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> you said weather. that, and I'm like, why am I what? interpreting this way? Um, so, yes, the temperature will be dropping yeah, here yeah. soon. I think we're going to get up to 80 today, and then that is about it, boys and girls. Fall has arrived. So uh, come on out to Soulard's Farmer Market Park. It's going to be a good time. Uh, bring your galoshes. Bring your boots. Uh, bring some warm clothes and a hat, but come out and drink and be merry with the lovely folks in the Sular community. There's so much more we're going to get to, but we're going to take a quick break here, here on the lovely show. Chris Dimon out under the weather today. It's just Gardner and myself, Travis Terrell. We'll have more fun on the other side of the hour. This is We Are Live, and we'll be right back.